Welcome to the Effortless English Show with the world's number one English teacher, AJ Hogue, where AJ's more than 40 million students worldwide finally learn English once and for all without the boring textbooks, classrooms, and grammar drills. Here's AJ with a quick piece to help you learn to speak fluent English effortlessly. Hi, I'm AJ Hogue, the author of Effortless English Learn to Speak English Like a Native. Join my VIP program, Speak English Powerfully, Speak Fluently, Commit to my VIP program. We're here at the end of the year, it's December. It's a good time, it's a good time to commit to that VIP program. The new year will be here soon. Get an early start. Don't wait until New Year like everybody else. Start now. Join my VIP program. Commit to my VIP program. Think in English. Speak English effortlessly. That means that when you speak English, the words, the phrases, the pronunciation, all of it just comes out, comes out automatically. It's not stressful. It's not difficult. Your English speaking feels effortless. Your communication is powerful and clear and effortless. That's what my VIP program trains you to do. You must join. You must commit. Of course, you must commit. Meaning, it's something you do, you know, every week, every month. And you get better, and you get better, and you get better. Of course, your speaking ability gets better. Your confidence, your feeling of confidence with English also gets much better. You'll see this with our other VIP members who've been VIP members for a while, you know. Some who've been members for a year or two or more. You can just the confidence of their English. You can you can feel it. You can see it. Even just the way they communicate online. Even just in a in a Twitter post or something. It's very clear. That comes from training and commitment. So join and commit to my VIP program. Members, VIP members, commit, keep going, keep going. Do it every day, do it every week, do it every month. Keep going. You will, you will succeed, I promise you will succeed. You will speak fluently, you will speak powerfully, you will speak effortlessly, you will feel that strength, that confidence in your speaking. Join my VIP program now. Commit at EffortlessEnglishClub.com. EffortlessEnglishClub.com Last night, I was listening to Christmas songs. Now, unfortunately, in the United States, I think all over the world now, yeah, like many things that we have discussed, 
you know, the, the the beauty of Christmas, traditional Christmas, has been stolen, has been corrupted by the mass media, right? The big media and the big companies, right? But they have tried to create Christmas as a big shopping holiday. When you watch the news in the United States, what do they focus on with Christmas? It's always the shopping. Look at all the people at the mall shopping. Look at the big lines of people shopping. What's the toy all the kids want this year? It's all about money and shopping. It's just, it's a marketing holiday for them. This is why they start talking about Christmas. They show the decorations. They start playing the songs earlier and earlier every year. I mean, now it starts, in many places, it starts, you know, the, the songs, the marketing starts right after October, right at the beginning of November, which is crazy. So that annoys me, and I, I try my best to ignore it. You know, the tradition when I was growing up was, you know, Christmas, the Christmas season, not Christmas Day, of course. Christmas Day is December 25th. But the season, right, when the decorations, the trees, the songs, that... That, that didn't start until at, at the earliest December, the beginning of December. And maybe sometime beginning of December is when people would begin to put their trees up in their houses and the decorations and the lights. In the United States, we have Thanksgiving. That's at the end of November, so... It would have to be after that. And I still like that because it shows more of an appreciation for the holiday itself. And again, not just the marketing and the money, but the deeper meaning behind it. Let's talk about that. I'm not even going to talk about really specifically the Christian religious parts of course, for Christians, it's a hugely important holiday. The most important holiday. Well, maybe Easter would be up there too. But very, very, very important. Super meaningful. But it's also, throughout the world now, and certainly in the United States, it's a cultural holiday. It's a cultural holiday too, but which also has deep and quite beautiful meaning. In the United States, growing up as a kid, I always loved Christmas. I loved the holiday. Now, of course, kids love to get the gifts, right? But when I think back now, and I'm 50 years old now and I think back to my childhood and the magic of Christmas 
because it was a very magical holiday. It was just a, the, like the whole month of December was just is is this feeling of magic, something magical, something special. And when I think back, and I re- I have you know those great memories, those wonderful, powerful memories. It's not the gifts and the toys that I remember so much. Of course, I remember being excited on Christmas Day and getting up and running to the tree to open the gifts. I remember a couple gifts. One when I was really little, I kind of remember, was excited about. But most of the magical memories I have of Christmas are of... uh, well, of course, number one, most important, family. Getting together with family. Not just my immediate family, my mom and dad and sister. Of course, I saw them every day. But the special thing was we would always visit my extended family, especially on my mom's side, which was a, uh, she had a bigger family. And so it was my, my uncles, my, my aunt... Uh, cousins, my grandparents, of course. So that was always magical because there, there was this kind of excitement and energy. Always, we would go. Usually, we would go visit them, go to their town, which is the same small town where my mom and sister, and uh, uncles and aunts and cousins still live. So we'd go there. And uh, there was, it was always just so, felt just so like exciting to me as a child because of, uh, you know, seeing all the, these family members that I usually didn't see most of the year. So, of course, that was very exciting. And there were all these rituals around it, you know, eating s- the special meals and, of course, the gifts. And decorations. I've done some... We've done a couple of VIP lessons. A couple of VIP lessons about Christmas, by the way. Maybe you'll get those in the future. But the one thing I want to talk about today... Or what I would call the Christmas Classics... As I said, now with the mass media, the big media, the big corporate media, of course, they destroy everything. They make everything ugly and horrible. So modern, like modern Christmas uh, songs now are mostly terrible, just horrible, (laughs) ridiculous, Uh, ugly and just horrible. No feeling, no soul, no spirit. Um modern Christmas movies tend to be the same. But there are some classics. There are some classic uh, songs and classic uh, movies which I love, which are special to me. And I, and I feel that these classics, these Christmas classics, these are American, specifically American, that they, uh, they ha- do have something special because they have a deeper meaning. They speak to the deeper, at least some of the deeper meanings and values of this holiday of Christmas. Of course, there are the songs. 
You probably know a lot of the songs. You've probably heard them in movies. You may have them in your own country. There are lots of just different versions of these songs. The, the, fa- I, the favorites for me, the ones I consider the classic Christmas songs, the versions, are... I like the ones from the crooners. The crooners. Now, these are... Uh, singers. I mean, these were singers who were old even when I was a kid. They're not from my time. They're from before my time as a child. But specifically, Frank Sinatra and Bing Crosby. I mentioned Bing Crosby before. He's my favorite. He just has this kind of golden voice. And his uh, singing of the Christmas songs is something special. I really love Bing's versions of the songs. For me, those are that, that's the classic Christmas songs right there, the Bing Crosby versions. Frank Sinatra also has some great versions. Now, these two were both what are called crooners. In fact, they were <laughs> well, they were popular. They're really my grandparents' uh, uh, kind of time period. Right? They were they were really big and famous. Uh, at my, during my grandparents' time, right? That's Bing Crosby and uh, Frank Sinatra were young at my grandparents' time. They're about my grandparents' age, and they're, they're both dead now. So not even my parents, <laughs> but my grandparents. But they, uh, they're something special. As I mentioned before, they, they didn't have, like, what we might call super... Um, powerful voices in terms of technique, right? They, they couldn't go really high. You know, it's not like Robert Plant, you know, and all this kind of what we call pyrotechnics. That means like fireworks, right? You know, up and down and powerful and you know, all that kind of stuff. No. They were not those kind of singers. They just had these very smooth voices. You're smooth and uh, deep. And by deep, I don't mean low, like... I mean deep, like like uh, different levels of different textures. Very, very nice, warm vibrations in their voices. And they're called crooners. This is a kind of slang word, but a crooner is uh, someone who sings that style in that way. Has that kind of uh, singing style or singing voice. And specifically, this idea of a crooner is a kind of singer who, who doesn't sing really high, who's not, you know, super technical inability, but just who has that very kind of uh, deep, round, smooth voice. Specifically, it's men. These are male singers, not women. We don't really call women crooners, because women usually have higher voices, singing voices. So those are the classics. If you if you're interested in some uh, American Christmas songs, I recommend check out. You can find them on YouTube uh, and other places. Bing Crosby, B I N G, Bing Bing Christmas songs. That's probably enough. You can find uh, lots of. He did lots of them. And of course, I think most people know Frank Sinatra. He also did a lot of them. 
so I have the, all these memories, all these memories of those songs, probably because my parents played them in the home during the Christ- Christmas season. So every December, you know, almost every day, they would be playing those songs again and again. And it was always those classic old versions. I guess they played those versions because they heard them as children. They probably heard because my grandparents played those songs. So they heard them when they were kids, right? My mom, my dad listened to Bing and Frank Sinatra singing those Christmas songs. Why? Well, because my grandparents probably liked them. And then my my parents would play those versions of the songs, right? And then be- this is how something becomes classic because it goes different. It goes f- for more than one generation. And so because my parents played those versions of the songs and they're so warm feeling, the, 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 the way they're, the singing is just very warm and ah, I just, you know, I hear those voices and those songs. I think of, you know, the fireplace and a warm house and the Christmas trees and lights and things like that. So I grew up listening and to those versions of the songs, those singers, and now... For me, those are the ones I love. (laughs) Those are the most meaningful and powerful for me because of all the great memories I have. And so I'll play them, uh, you know, for my family. And they have become classics. There are also a couple of classic movies. And again, uh, these are old. Or we could even say stories. One... I'm going to talk about two today, two classic American movies. One's actually not uh, completely American. It's really British, but there are lots of American versions. Now, the first is called It's a Wonderful Life. It's a Wonderful Life. This is probably the most famous, the most popular classic Christmas movie in the United States. I don't know about other countries. I don't know if this movie is played in England. I don't know if it's played in Europe or South America or all the other places that celebrate Christmas. I don't know. But it's you'll every December you will see this movie on TV <laughs> in the United States. And it's now it's of course it's on Netflix and Amazon Video. I've got it on I think I bought it actually. I bought it on Amazon Video, so I own it now. And every Christmas, I like to watch it. I've been doing that since I was a kid. It's a Wonderful Life. Now, again, this is an old movie. It stars Jimmy Stewart, who's also dead now. And it was old when I was a kid. It's black and white. So even when I was a kid, when I was a little child, it, it was already an old movie. Because, again, it comes from my grandparents' time period. I think the reason... These older movies, these older songs, older singers, I think the reason they're more powerful is because that generation, my grandparents' generation, the older generations, they had more of a feeling, a deeper feeling, a deeper meaning with Christmas, for Christmas. Right? And nowadays is much less. Now, it, like I said, now it's more about money, money, money. Buy a bunch of stuff. 
But my grandparents' age, you know, they lived in the Great Depression. They lived through World War II. They didn't have a lot of stuff. A lot of time for many, many years, they did not have much. They had a very hard, tough times. And so for them, Christmas was not just about buying a bunch of stuff. It was not just about shopping. There was far deeper meanings, deeper values, which of course, uh, ultimately, are religious. But which became even be- went beyond even just Christianity and really became part of all of American culture. So that even non-Christians, you know, it, it was quite common uh, in the United States that even non-Christians will celebrate Christmas. At least to some extent. Somewhat. The second classic is A Christmas Carol. Now this one's British uh, in origin. It was, it's uh, a story by uh, Dickens. So that's going quite far back. That's going back even earlier than my grandparents. That's going back to the, the early parts of the 20th century, the earlier 1900s. A Christmas Carol. It's a play. It's a story. It's a play. It's been ma- there are many, many versions, many movie versions of it. As I said, of course, Dickens was British, English specifically, I believe. But that story uh, also became a classic in America. So it is also a classic of American Christmas, and there are uh, ver- plenty of versions with. Um, American actors. There are also nice versions with British actors. Uh, the two favorite versions I like. One is with Patrick Stewart. That's a British. He's a British actor. He 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 used to be in Star Trek. He's the bald guy. And uh, the other one I like is with um, oh, what's his name? Scott. He played uh, Patton, American. Those two. So let's talk about these two and what what's the deeper meaning with these two? Why are they important? It's a Wonderful Life is a great story. It's a Wonderful Life. It's set in Christmas time. It's about a guy named George Bailey. George Bailey is just a regular guy. And it really shows uh, it shows him starting as kind of a teenager, probably around 17, 18 years old. And he lives in a little small town. His dad owns his family, his dad, they own a small bank in the town. Not a big, huge bank, just like a little local bank. And George has all these dreams to travel the world. He wants adventure, right? He's a young man. He wants to leave this little town. He loves his family. He's got a wonderful mom and dad. He's got a great brother. Uh, Really nice family. It's a really nice town. The neighbors, people are friendly, good people. But he's just restless, you know? It's like it feels so small to him. Like, ah, I want to see the world. I want to travel and see the whole world. He's got that kind of mindset. So he dreams about it. And he's so excited. He's so excited. And then um, when it's time for him to go, right? He graduates from high school. He's ready to go. And something bad happens. Right? I won't tell you all the details. Maybe you want to watch the movie yourself. But basically something bad happens and he, he can't leave. He has to stay in the town. Okay, so then if he, and he's got a he, to help his family's business, right? The little small bank. Usually, 
That's what happens with him. So then a few years pass, and then, okay, the problem's solved. Now he's ready. He's going to go. Finally, I'm going to go travel the world. It's time. And it's time to go. And what happens? Again, something bad happens, right? More bad luck. And this is basically the whole beginning of the story, that this happens again and again and again. Every time he's ready to leave to see the world, to travel the world, every time it seems... He finally can do it. He finally can live his big dream. Something bad happens. And he has to stay. And eventually, he gets married and he has kids. And he never leaves. He never does it. He never achieves his big dream of traveling the world, of seeing the rest of the world. He stays in that same little small town. And then, of course, he's married. He's got a couple, some small children. And then he gets some more bad luck with his business. And it's Christmas time. It's Christmas, uh, Christmas Eve is the day before Christmas. I can't remember. Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. And... After all this time of, you know, hoping, hoping for his dream and failing and failing and failing, then finally uh, another big, terrible thing happens and a more really terrible bad luck. And it's Christmas and he just, he feels like he wants to die. He wants to kill himself. He becomes suicidal. Suicidal means you want to kill yourself. He's super depressed. He feels like his whole life is a failure. My whole life's a failure. I never, ever, ever even got to travel anywhere. My big dream. A total failure. And then even other stuff in my life also. Big failure. I'm a loser. I want to die. And he actually tries to kill himself. He tries to kill himself. He jumps off a bridge. So, so far a depressing story. (laughs) But luckily it doesn't end there, of course. This is a Christmas story. And so there's a little bit of like, you know, magical part to it. And he gets rescued by an angel, actually. An angel. Kind of a funny angel. It's a little bit of a comedy. Uh, it changes into a little bit of a comedy. Uh, the angel is like a new angel, so he's kind of like this angel who's sent down to Earth to help this guy. Because he's a really good guy. This guy, George Bailey, the main character, he's a very good person. You know, when, it, when he doesn't leave, every time he has bad luck and he stays in the town, usually it's because he's trying to help somebody. Right? Usually because he has a good heart. So it's not always something bad happens to him. A lot of times something bad happens to someone else and he stays in the town to help them. So he sacrifices his dream to help somebody else. And he does this many times. And so this angel gets sent to save him. And the angel is kind of like this kind of funny guy. He's just kind of goofy. He's not very smart. <laughs> He's not a very good angel. <laughs> kind of foolish. And he saves George. And, and then George is saying, why did you save me? And he's not happy that he saved him. And the angel uh, starts talking to him. 
and he says to the angel I wish I never was alive I wish I was never born right I want to die I wish I was never alive and so the angel kind of goes hmm okay I will give you your wish you were never born you never you never lived and of course George Bailey thinks this guy is just crazy he doesn't realize he's an angel he doesn't look like an angel he just looks like a regular person but then the angel starts to take him around the town and something's changed everything has changed in fact because see the angel uses some magic and now everything has changed everybody's life is different because George never was alive so basically the the angel shows him this is what the town would be this is what would happen if you were not alive and basically everything is much worse everything is worse Every, lots of people that he helped because he was never alive right they he never helped them so they suffered and they they had they ended up they got terrible lives bad things happened to them to them like for example there was he saved somebody's life one time this kid the kid fell in uh, ice in the in a lake and George jumped in and saved him well because if George was never alive that kid would have died right he would have died and then the parents would have become super depressed so it's lots of little stories like that and the angel kind of helps him to see oh look at all the terrible things you prevented and so through the rest of the story George starts to wake up he starts to appreciate he becomes grateful he starts to realize that number one he contributed so much it seemed like small things he was doing but it actually all the little things he did to help people all the little kind things he did had a strong effect over time and then uh, as he gets closer to the end of the movie right he wakes up he becomes grateful he realizes that actually I didn't have bad luck I've had great luck I have these great blessings in my life I have all of these wonderful things in my life I have these wonderful children I have a wonderful wife right a great brother um, he had great parents the town all the people in the town that he had helped that he had these connections with all these wonderful friendships and of course as you can imagine by the end of the movie he realizes oh I'm an idiot I've been so stupid oh I'm so happy with my life please you know says to the angel of course he believes the angel finally he says oh please please you know give me my life back I'm so sorry I was I was I was wrong and he gets his life back and he's super super grateful right so he learns to appreciate all of the wonderful things in his life and even and appreciates the contribution that he has made he realizes ah actually it seems small but I actually have helped a lot 
I've had a very positive effect. And I'm surrounded by all this love and all these, this, this, these wonderful things. They're simple, they're small, but together, put all together, I have a wonderful life. And that's the name of the of the movie that's the title right it's a wonderful life he realizes it he wakes up and see this shows this movie of course is teaching and showing one of the or maybe a couple of the very traditional values and meanings of Christmas which was supposed to be a time of generosity and gratitude those two together generosity and gratitude So the idea of gift-giving, just giving gifts, that's what we have now so much in the media, shopping. But it wasn't that. It was more of a general idea of generosity. The idea of giving a gift was not just to shop and buy something. It was to give from your heart, right? Even something very small. Just... It was more of the meaning of generosity, of giving, the spirit of giving instead of taking. And the movie shows that, right? The angel shows him, look at all of your contributions, what you gave to the town, all your actions. Look how much you gave to the town. Look how much you gave to the people and how much it helped them. The angel helps him to understand the importance of generosity and how powerful small little acts, simple acts of generosity can be. How, How good they can be. How much they can help someone when it comes from the heart, not just buying stuff. He doesn't buy stuff for people. It's, it's lots of other actions he does that are generous. He's a very generous person. And then the other side of generosity, they kind of go together really, I think, is gratitude. Because gratitude is about receiving, but not taking, right? Gratitude's not an attitude of give me more, give me more, 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 I want, give me, give me. That's not gratitude, right? No, gratitude is to appreciate what you receive and what you have already to be thankful for all that's wonderful in your life. We have a great idiom in English that gives you this idea. It says, count your blessings. Count your blessings. You might say this to somebody who's maybe a little depressed or somebody who's complaining. You might say, hey, count your blessings. It could be worse. Count your blessings. What does this mean? It means focus on gratitude. Focus on what is good. Focus on what you have. Focus on all the good things in your life. Count your blessings. If counting them means, you know, list them. Think it. Think of the many, many things. This is, again, the second thing the angel does for him in the movie. He counts all his blessings. He shows him, one by one, all of the great things in his life. And how does he do it? In the movie, he does it with magic by taking them all away, right? By making him not alive. So when, when the 
Angel uses the magic. Nobody knows him. He's going around the town talking to everybody. George Bailey is, but nobody knows who he is, right? It's like he's never been born. They think he's just some strange guy. So then he starts to realize how important all those friendships are, how important his wife is, how important his kids, all of those things. He begins to count all of the wonderful things. He counts his blessings. That's generosity. The other side of it is gratitude, right? Gratitude. So not only has he given and helped lots of people, the generosity side, but he also begins to realize, oh, I've received so much also, right? I have so many blessings, so many wonderful, beautiful things and people in my life. So it's both sides of that. And that's very traditionally what Christmas was about in a very general way. And that's not even specific to religion. But in a very general way, celebrating and appreciating and uh, doing both generosity and gratitude. Important that they're together, not just one. It's not just giving, 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 giving. And it's certainly not just receiving, giving, giving, taking, taking, taking. No, it's the combination of the two. It's a mindset of wanting to give Not buy, but give. Give something that will make someone else a little bit happy. And at the same time, the mindset of appreciating, of receiving something. And again, traditionally, especially my grandparents' generation and older, traditionally these were not expensive gifts. They might be something handmade. It might be just uh, something, some food that they made and brought. You know, some cookies. My grandmother used to give me cookies every year. My uh, dad's mom would make uh, <laughs> cookies and give to the grandkids. So often now, I see, you know, kids, they're, they're so, they get so many toys for Christmas. They have no appreciation, right? In fact, they complain sometimes if they don't get exactly what they want or if they get a gift and eh, it's not that exciting then they kind of come oh, I don't like this and they just kind of push it aside that's not the true spirit of Christmas at all so it's a great movie I recommend watching it it's a wonderful life the English is um, still very good it's even though it's an old movie it's very uh, standard English uh, easy to understand uh, I think good pronunciation Uh, normal vocabulary, all that. It's a great one for English, too. It's a wonderful life. Count your blessings. Now, the second story, A Christmas Carol, is very famous. You probably know it, because it is old, and Dickens is a famous writer. So I'll just summarize this one very quickly. Christmas Carol. It's kind of the reverse. <laughs> a Christmas Carol is kind of the reverse or opposite uh, story of It's a Wonderful Life. In It's a Wonderful Life, right, the movie, it's about a really good man, a very generous, good, caring man who sacrifices for other people again and again and again but has some bad luck and just doesn't realize. He doesn't realize how wonderful his life is. He doesn't realize how much he has helped people. Well, Christmas Carol is kind of the opposite. It's about a bad man, (laughs) at least at the beginning, most of the story. It's about a very bad man, 
who has to wake up before it's too late. So it's about Scrooge, Ebenezer Scrooge, one of the most famous characters in English literature. And Scrooge is the opposite of George Bailey. He's greedy. Right? Money, money, money. He's totally focused on money. He's greedy and he's also a miser. A miser. M-I-S-E-R. Miser. A miser is someone who holds on to money super tightly. They will not spend money. They hate to spend money. They're cheap. Cheap, cheap, cheap. We might, I think that, nowadays we would just say they're super cheap. So this is, and this is negative, okay? So this is means really they're too cheap. It's beyond being, a, a, you know, careful with money. It's, it's really just being greedy and cheap. And like, they don't want to help anybody. They don't want to give to anyone. So Scrooge is, he's a miser and he has an employee who's a very nice man. But Scrooge doesn't pay him very much money, right? Barely pays him anything. He's super cheap. And Scrooge is not friendly at all. He's he's kind of mean, right? He's he's not kind. He's he's not he, he's not terrible. Right? He he doesn't try to hurt people. And that's of course why he can change later in the cuz he's in his heart, he's actually not an evil person. But he's just kind of, he's just kind of greedy and and unfriendly, and he just doesn't care about people. He's not generous, right? It's the opposite. Remember those Christmas values of generosity and appreciation. Well, Scrooge doesn't have those. He, it's he, not at all. He has no generosity. He hates to give, even to himself. He hates to give anything, and he also has no gratitude or appreciation. You know, he actually has a successful business and uh, he has an employee who's really wonderful, nice, super great guy. So he actually has some good things in his life, but he doesn't appreciate them. He just complains about them. So again, he's the opposite of George Bailey. (laughs) Well, it's Christmas time. And again, the magic happens. (laughs) The magic of Christmas. And again, these angels come. I think they're called spirits in the the movies or in the, the book. But basically angels. These three angels come. You probably know the story. And what do they do? There's the angel from the past, the present, and the future. And basically what they do is they show him... It's kind of like George Bailey, but they show him the negative effects, right? And It's a Wonderful Life, it's all the positive stuff. George needs to wake up to all the good things in his life and the good results from his actions. Kind of his good karma, (laughs) if we want to use more of a Eastern word. Well, it's the opposite. Scrooge needs to wake up to his bad karma that he is creating, right? So these guys scare the crap out of him. They're called, oh, they're called the ghosts, the ghosts of Christmas past, the ghosts of Christmas present, and the ghosts of Christmas future. Well, basically, they are angels, and they show him all of the bad results from his actions. They show him, and they scare him, by showing him the bad results of his greed, the bad results of his, you know, not caring, the bad results of him not being grateful, not appreciating. 
they show him the suffering of uh, his employee and his employee's family that Scrooge could help them but he doesn't he doesn't even care in fact Scrooge doesn't even know they're suffering because he just doesn't care about anybody else and so these angels these ghosts show him all of this and then the final angel shows him what will happen in the future if you don't change Scrooge you're going to die lonely and unhappy and miserable and your employee and your employee's family is going to suffer and have great pain so it's kind of you know it's a, it's a it's, it really is kind of the opposite of it's a wonderful life but it has a similar effect because see, Scrooge needs something different. Scrooge needs to wake up to... Because he's on a bad path. He needs to wake up and change. And he does. He becomes so uh, upset and scared and unhappy about everything that the angels show him. That he wakes up. It's Christmas morning. And he completely changes. His heart changes. His mind changes. He's like... He's, an, he's kind of an older man, but he, he's like... I don't care. It's not too late. It's not too late for me. Right? It's not too late. I'm old man, but I can still change. I'm going to do it right now. And so he immediately changes. He immediately completely changes 100% and becomes very, very generous. Right? And he runs out. It's kind of a famous scene in the in the movies or in the play. And he runs out and he, you know, he buys like a dinner for his employee's family and he and from then on he decides to help them as much as he can and he becomes very generous and he gives gifts to people and he becomes very friendly and he he's, becomes very kind and he says kind things to everybody he meets and he becomes comp- the exact opposite type of person so once again he wakes up to what generosity and gratitude the same exact thing happens in terms the final result he wakes up to these these two important values and meanings of Christmas. He learns to be generous, very generous, and he learns to be grateful. And it's also a very powerful story. Now, the Christmas Carol is... Um, we could kind of describe that. I'd say it's more Christian perhaps because it's older, but it's really a story of repentance and atonement. These are nice words. Repent. Repentance is the noun. And atonement. Uh, I'll use the verbs. To repent. To repent. Now this is a very important idea in Christianity, to repent. And to repent means to sincerely to really in your heart feel bad about something you did wrong and to decide I'm not going to do it again right I'm not going to do it again this was bad and I don't maybe you know for Scrooge he was greedy and unkind unfriendly and so he really truly repents he's not just saying it he's not just pretending because it looks good which is what most people do now he really feels it in his heart you know when he when these after he sees all everything the angels show him in his heart he feels terrible and he says i'm so sorry i'm so sorry and he really really means it deeply that's repentance 
Now, that's not enough, actually, <laughs> because there's also a second step, and that's atonement. And this word has some very deep meanings, actually, if, if you look at the history of it. But the general meaning now, atonement, is that you try to fix, you try to change something you did wrong. Right? So you make a, a real effort. Sometimes you can't do it completely. But you at least make a very strong and honest effort to, we say, make up for, means to change something you did wrong. And again, Scrooge does this, right? He, he, he was not generous. He was greedy. And so first he repents. I'm so sorry. He really feels it. And then second, he atones. Meaning, he changes his actions. He, he tries to do the opposite. He goes out, he gives gifts to people. He becomes very generous. He helps uh, Bob Cratchit is the name. He helps Bob Cratchit, his employee, and he helps his employee's family. Right? So he takes real actions to solve the bad things, to heal the bad things he did before. He atone. It's a story of repentance and atonement which are generally nice meanings, generally nice values, but also very, very strongly uh, influenced by or taught in Christianity specifically. So it's not a surprise that you would see those in a Christmas story. But beyond the specifics of the religion is, again, these very general and important and powerful values of generosity and appreciation. And I think it's very nice how in Christmas time they're both focused on, they're both emphasized, right? That the traditional message has always been that you need both, not just one. Just giving, giving, giving and buying stuff, that's not enough. It, it's there, you're missing something. You got to do the other side of it which is also be very appreciative of everything you already have, especially the small things. And then feeling appreciative, appreciating everything you have, not wanting anything more. Then you go out and you give. You give generously. You can, in small ways, it's totally fine. You can, you know, you can give kind words. A lot of times the generosity of Christmas was just in small actions and words. There's the idea, you'll see this in the classic movies, those old movies from my grandparents' time. Again and again in these Christmas movies, you see how they focus on being extra kind to people, especially strangers on the street, right? Saying nice things to people, being generous, you know, helping people out a little bit more than normal. Practicing that generosity in lots of little small ways. Not connected to money, really. More, it's really more of an emotional and mental thing. Very, very nice. Very, very nice. I think finally, but one last uh, important message of uh, a Christmas Carol is that it's never too late. It's never too late. As long as you're alive, you can change. So this is another very important message of a Christmas Carol. Scrooge is an old man already. When the story begins, he's already an old man. And 
Maybe a lot of people would say it's too late for him, right? He's an old grumpy man. He's an old unhappy man. He's greedy. There's no way he can change. It's too late for him. It's too late. And the message of the story is, no, it's never too late. As long as you're alive, it's always possible to repent of your bad actions. As long as you're alive, it's still possible to atone for your bad actions. It's not too late. So even if you're not Christian, I'm not even Christian, <laughs> but I, I love, love, love uh, the values and the messages and the meaning behind these classic stories and in general behind uh, the Christmas holiday and the Christmas season. As I encourage you, if you like, if you're interested, especially in maybe the, even just the culture side of it, because Christmas is a very powerful, strong part of American culture. For sure it is. <laughs> of course, not only American culture, uh, all Christian countries have Christmas, but each country has their own um, culture and way of celebrating Christmas, I think. It's a little different in Germany than Italy, and it's different in Brazil and Mexico and the United States, right? Each country, right? In America, it's closely connected to wintertime and snow. Probably not in Brazil, <laughs> which is tropical. <laughs> So, if you're interested in uh, specifically the American culture of Christmas, and if you'd like a little extra English practice with movies, classic movies or shows, then I recommend get, uh, get It's a Wonderful Life. It's a Wonderful Life. It's a movie. And then get A Christmas Carol. There are many versions of A Christmas Carol. Enjoy them. And if you like music, I recommend Bing Crosby's Christmas songs. He, he, I think he had... There's at least one specific Christmas album you can find of Bing Crosby. So we can all enjoy. But most importantly at all... Of all, most importantly of all, for all of us, I'd like to encourage you, it doesn't matter your religion, doesn't matter if you're not religious. I think we can all understand and appreciate and agree on the power and importance of generosity and gratitude, especially as a team. <laughs> think of them as a team. They go together to receive and accept and appreciate all you have already, all the small and large gifts and blessings you have already. That's gratitude. And then to give with a full heart. That's generosity. You don't need money for either one. Lots of love to you. Let's have a great Christmas season. As always, join my VIP program. Commit to my VIP program at EffortlessEnglishClub.com. EffortlessEnglishClub.com. Get an early start on the new year. A lot of people, they wait till New Year, right? Ah, this year I will master English. And they wait till January to start doing that. Don't wait. 
start now start before everybody else jump on it now give this little gift to yourself master english speak powerfully speak confidently speak english effortlessly Join and commit to my VIP program today. Go now to EffortlessEnglishClub.com EffortlessEnglishClub.com Go to EffortlessEnglishClub.com